you're at. Look at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's if we give ourselves time for mm-hmm. our emotions to kind of chill out, right. cool down, right. let's not get excited, let's really think through yeah. this process, um, you know, your finances would be better for it. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David Simons, yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David Simons, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Welcome to another episode of How I Discovered My Gift with David D. Simons. I'm so excited. We have an awesome, amazing guest today, uh, Gary Arblaster. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Gary, and then we're going to introduce him here on the show. Since 1994, Gary has lent his expertise to countless individuals, businesses, and organizations facing financial and leadership challenges. His systematic process to each challenge allows his clients to discover the areas that hinder growth and performance, analyze the answers, found within the weeds of discovery and adjust their approach that enables them to spark their fuel for growth. As a financial keynote speaker and leadership trainer, Gary challenges his audiences to make it personal. His make it personal keynote messages and trainings teach audiences how to empower their own improvement through self-assessing, self-management, and social awareness and relationships management. He not only unpacks and understands how you can understand yourself to improve your relationships, communication, and finances at home, but how providing personal growth training in corporate settings can impact the entire team's ability to communicate and connect to achieve peak performance. Whether it's personal or corporate, better leadership equals better dollars. Gary, such an honor to thank thank you so much for joining us here on How Did I Discover My Gift. Thanks, David. I'm really glad to be here. Excited. Wonderful, wonderful. So, Gary, one of the things we um, love to start with is tell us a little about yourself and your journey. How did you go from where you were to where you are today? Well, I'm 49, so the journey's been long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really <laughs> fun, though. Um, I grew up in western Pennsylvania, a really small community uh, in Brockway, Pennsylvania, is where I graduated from. So it's about about 80 miles northeast of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, went to school there, uh, grew up uh, in a farming community, and uh, God had me placed in many, many different areas of life, just, you know, enjoying life. And uh, so I uh, didn't know what I wanted to do mm-hmm. when I got out of high school, so I joined the military. I was in the Air Force. Thank you for serving. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And then uh, I, after I got out of the military, um, I met my wife, and we got married, and I ended up going to college for a while, jumped into the financial services industry. Wow. So I've been doing that since 1994. I've got licensed wow. with multiple licenses. And, um, you know, God's just been good. Mm. Um, it's been really good. I became a believer when I was about 19 years old. Wow. And I got caught up in a denominational tug of war. Hmm. Get out, right? Yeah. Denominational, uh, denominational tug of war. And I kind of walked away from my faith for a while and ended yeah. up getting uh, engaged to a Muslim. Wow. I dated her for about four years. We were engaged for two. Wow. And uh, that's a long story in itself. But uh. anyway, God uh, God took care of the situation. <laughs> and and uh, I met my current wife. And we've been married 25 years. So. Wow. 
So yeah, cool. it's it's been quite the journey. Uh, God's been good. Yeah, uh, love what I do for a living. I mm-hmm. love helping people, especially in the financial world. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my journey in the high level, quick overview. Yeah. No, yeah. thank you for sharing. Yeah. Now, now through this process, right? Because on this show we talk about how people, you know, find what they're able to do. You know, from a young age, you know, and and, be, and as you're in the military and as you explore through different elements of life, how did you know what you were just good at and skills and talents and abilities well that was tough i always had the gift of gab mm. um and i went through jobs as a as a high school and teenage person you know, quite a few jobs were on my list when i went to uh get into the financial services industry they they want a history of your employment i had 15 <laughs> positions by the time i was 23. really and it was just one of those things I was never content, never content. I always thought I can do better. I can do better. So I, I just worked my way through one position. I'd look for another one and go to another one. And um, so the gift of gab was kind of my kind of my niche. Mm-hmm. It was funny when we were in college. Um, we were uh, living in an apartment. I was mm-hmm. married at the time, and uh, they were building a uh, an old folks center, mm-hmm. if you will. And the place had like 150 rooms. Well, my wife. You know, she lived in Philadelphia. She cleaned new construction mm-hmm. before she went to school, before mm-hmm. she went to college. And uh, she said to me one day, she said, I think it would be really cool if we could get that job down there to clean that new construction. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I think I could get that. Wow. So I went through a suit on. I called my state farm agent and I asked if I could get a bond. And they said, sure. And I went down and next thing I know, I landed this cleaning job. We made like 3500 bucks. Wow. We cleaned the whole thing. So th- that was kind of my my life lesson, if we will, that, mm-hmm. you know, you do have the gift of gab. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that kind of threw me into that world. Wow. So, so you recognize that. And then and then how did you start to take that and use that into other things? Once you started to recognize that, how did you how did you parlay that? Well, I've always been interested in business. I, mm-hmm. I found it fascinating as a kid. I would look at the newspaper and I'd go to the investment section. I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know how they worked. Yeah. Um, that was before the internet. I couldn't oh. Google the information. <laughs> so um, it was just one of those one of those situations. I had this interest and um, my wife's stepfather was in the investment business. Okay. And uh, he was out here in Philadelphia. And um, so one day we just started talking about it. And he, he think he, he basically said, look, I, I think you'd be good at this hmm. if you're interested. And I said, yeah, I'm actually interested. So he introduced me to a gentleman down in Pittsburgh. His name was Patrick Altmiller and Bob Altmiller, hmm. a father-son team. Um, they worked for a company called Waddell and Reed. Hmm. And uh, I went down and did the interview. And, you know, I just started talking to people. You know, I got in and, and I passed my licenses and exams. And I just started really talking to people and the great thing about it was I was helping them as I was talking to wow. them and that that really resonated with me the fact that I could actually help people mm-hmm. uh, through my giftedness yeah and it just has been an awesome career so, wow that's yeah. excellent you know most people when they think of finance they they think of numbers math only like 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 so obviously did you have an interest in math or did you you know did you have just an interest in helping people. How did that? How did that work? Because you know it can be, you know, some people are drawn to it from the number side, and some people are not. But what, what would you say you are? In well, that? here's the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. So when I got into it, um, I did really well. Mm-hmm. I was winning awards. I was getting company recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, they were asking me to lead 
sales meetings, you know, six months into my career. Wow. I was closing deals that guys just have never seen wow. before. So they, uh, so they wanted to promote me. Mm-hmm. So I went through the process of going through some interviews. There was an associate manager position that came open. Yeah. So I, I thought, oh yeah, I could, I think I could do this. Yeah. So I jumped in and, and, you know, after about three or four months of the hoops that you jumped through, I ended up getting a job. Within six months, I was out. Hmm. I could not lead anybody. Hmm. And, you know, I was going through the sales process with people. I was, I was teaching them about the numbers. I was teaching them about the, 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 the scientific piece of the investment mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And I was failing at that. And I couldn't figure out why I was failing. So I, 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 st- I resigned. I walked away and went back to sales. Hmm. Uh, and through that process, what I learned was... Mm-hmm. The reason why I was successful successful had nothing to do with my ability to understand math, to hmm. understand the numbers. It was my ability to walk into somebody's home, mm-hmm. create a relationship with empathy involved, and that bridged the gap for the people to actually start to break down the barriers to actually fix their finances. Wow. So it was... I've learned a lot through the process with finances. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the process of writing a book right now called yeah. "Making Millions and Growing Broke." Oh, and we got to talk. It talks about why we fail in our finances. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it has nothing to do with what we make. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with any of that kind of stuff. Right. A lot of it has to do with self awareness, mm-hmm. self management, social awareness, relationship yeah. management, the aspects of emotional intelligence, if you will, right. that really get in the way of us success, being successful in our finances. Wow. Well, so can you speak on some of these things? Because I, I think a lot of times people think that their money problems are literally about the, the money and the dollars. But as you're sharing, there's there's deeper roots to it. And could you, could you just share on those? Absolutely. You know, it's funny because it, it's, it's, like, it's like going on a diet and, and joining a gym. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you join the gym, you don't utilize the tools that are there, or, or if you do utilize the tools that are there, sometimes the, it still doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't lose weight. Right. But so you have to look at the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times in, in the, the root of the problem is how we eat and those mm-hmm. kind of things. So right. we don't want to talk about how we eat. We right. want to talk about the exercise. Uh, so the root of the problem is you need to change how you're eating. It's a lifestyle. Right. Same thing works with finances. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we go out, we get the budgets, we go out and get the investment vehicles, we get the loans, we get the mortgages, we get all these financial instruments that make our finances. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, unless we're self-aware mm-hmm. and have a, a, a self-assessment that's an honest self-assessment, right. we're still going to fail. Mm. You know, knowing what our triggers are, what what makes you spend money, hmm. um, pulling emotions out of our our. our our uh, decision-making process. Mm. Give yourself time to process it. Right. I was doing some research for my book, and there was a study done in, in uh, May of this year, I believe it was, Ladder Insurance Company. They're a life insurance company, and they were trying to figure out why people were not insured properly with regards to life insurance. Mm. Now, you know, there is a need for life insurance. If you right. pass away right. and you have debt, somebody's paying off your debt. You're yeah. not here. It's yeah. either going to your spouse, your yeah. loved ones, those types of things. So most people are underinsured. Right. So they did this study on why that is. Why mm. why aren't people getting insured the way they need to? Mm. You know, don't become insurance poor. Right. But get the coverage that's going to protect your family. Right. Well, they found that when they did their surveys, that people said they couldn't afford it. Hmm. 
Well, that brought up other questions. Well, why can't you afford it? Mm -hmm. So they dug deeper mm -hmm. and they found that people spend an average of $1,496 a month on non-essential items. Wow. That's coffee, that's eating out, wow. that's streaming, that's music. No wonder people can't afford it. Wow. So there's the process of looking at that saying, okay, what's the problem? Why are we doing that? Mm. We, it's because we're very impulsive. Mm. We're not very patient. Mm -hmm. You know, immediate gratification is through the roof. Right. Right? When I was a kid, we didn't have the money. We didn't go to, you know, Google mm. and, you know, click, 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 click and have right. it show up at your door. You actually literally had to get in your car and go. So the yeah. fact you had had some pain yeah. to get to the store, right? You know, it was easier to say no. We're not going to do that. Mm. Now it's with credit cards. You know, yeah. these huge, huge credit limits. You can click, click the mouse. That's right. And we, and it's here. Wow. So the instant gratification piece has really impacted our finances. Mm. It really has. That's that's deep. Yeah, yeah. it really is. So N now, because I've heard you speak on this, I had the privilege of hearing you talk live. And you shared some examples of because I'm sure people listening may think, well, you know, um, that's because people that have a lot of money uh, don't have these issues. Right. Of, of you know, financial planning, budgeting. But I, I know that as you can share that that's not the case. This is an issue that that can span across all income levels. Right. I am so glad you asked that question. Mm -hmm. uh, Seventy eight percent of people. In America, live paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. Seventy-eight percent. That's wow. not just medium-income people. Wow. I have run into people in my business the last twenty-five years, making three and four hundred thousand dollars a year, living paycheck to paycheck. Can you imagine? Wow. You know, we ultimately say, if I made more money, mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't be in this situation. Well, right. the answer is no. Mm. You make more money, you're going to spend more money. Hmm. Most people raise their standard of living they don't save the extra money wow. that comes in. um so it's 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 really interesting I, i've had people who've made you know forty thousand dollars a year every time i come to see them they'll hand me a check for five to ten thousand dollars maybe even twenty thousand dollars to invest in their account wow. their ability to save fifty percent of their paycheck is based on their habits and the, the things wow. that they do so it has nothing to do with the number of zeros in your mm. in your paycheck that's good it has to deal with the, the habits that we create, mm -hmm. our ability to control ourselves, restraint, that's where right. that self-management piece comes into play. Right. Um, so it's its its deep if yeah. you really want to talk about it. Absolutely. So in this process, how did you develop yourself to become, you obviously had to go through a process to, to master this for yourself in your own household, in your own personal. So tell us about that process of of becoming good with money and then becoming good with money for others. Yeah, so just because I do this for a living, automatically everybody assumes that we're all good at this. Mm -hmm. I have emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, I struggle with finances as well. And I actually, uh, in my space, your, your, um, your success, if you will, is measured by the amount of money you make mm -hmm. and the stuff that you own. Mm -hmm. So I've had many, many situations where, you know, I, I was told I had to play the part. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to manage money, David, you, I had to play, I had to play the part, right? Yeah. Um, so, buy the big house, mm. Mm. buy the campers, mm. buy the motorcycle. Right. You know, obviously he's doing well. Obviously mm. he knows how to manage money because he has all this stuff. So I want to give him my investments. Oh. So, 
I got into that world mm. and I crashed mm. 10 years into my business. Wow. Now, what do I mean by that? I decided that I wanted to switch companies. Mm -hmm. And I was at this level of income that I was making it, but you know, I mm -hmm. was I was spending what I was making. Mm -hmm. When I switched companies, I went to zero. I wow. had literally had to start over in 2000. Wow. When I, excuse me, started over in 2000, my income literally went to nothing, and that's when I realized how big of a hole I created for myself. Mm -hmm. So, these are life lessons that I've experienced mm -hmm. that has really moved me even farther into getting into more of the teaching side of this mm -hmm. as well. You know, I, I talk about better leadership equals better dollars. Right. Better personal leadership equals better dollars. Can you break that down for us a little bit? So personal leadership, what do you do? How do you lead yourself each and every day? Mm -hmm. You know, again, it goes back to the self-assessment and self-awareness. Right. Um, socially, you know, society tells us what we need to have. And I fell prey to that in the 90s. Right. Society was telling me, you need to look a certain way and, and, mm. and own certain things so you can do your job. Yeah. It was all said and done. Nobody cared what I owned. They mm. wanted to know that I cared about them. Wow. And so, you know, understanding that society will try to tell you what you need to do. You need, you need mm -hmm. the iPhone 11 Pro Max, <laughs> David. That's what you need. So go buy it. Okay? Right. Takes you two years to pay off a thousand dollar phone. Right. Within two years, you're looking for another phone. You get into another payment plan of another thousand uh, bucks. It's a vicious cycle mm, that we're in, mm, and we need to say, "No, I'm done. Right. I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore." Mm. And until you say that, until you believe that, until you actually stop, yeah, you're going to continue this cycle. Mm. How do you help people break those cycles? We have hard conversations. Mm. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I remember sitting with a client one time and they had credit card problems. And I said, are you serious about fixing the credit card? And they said, yes. I said, go get them. So they went and brought out the credit cards. I said, where's your scissors? They couldn't do it, David. They couldn't cut through, they couldn't, couldn't cut the card. Wow. They weren't that serious. It's fun to talk about it. It's mm -hmm. fun to say I'm going to do better. Right. Um, but the bottom line is it, it is hard Mm -hmm. to do that sort of thing. So I, I'm willing to have the hard conversations with mm -hmm. people and really just kind of to break it down in, in a way that they kind of understand. Mm -hmm. um, relationship management is huge. You know, our friends can have their hands in our wallets, whether they, you realize it or not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody's situation is different. We tend to be embarrassed about our own personal finances. Yeah. So we portray ourselves to be better off than we truly are True. in relationships. Um, in, 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 in how people might look at our, our finances. So example would be if you have a buddy who has a boat and they're going every weekend to go camping and boating every weekend. Right. And they're, they're expecting you to go buy a boat. Yeah. And you go buy the boat when you can't afford it. Wow. So our relationships can have an impact mm. on, you know, how we spend our money. So it's, uh, it's one of those, those situations where you really just can't be afraid to have the hard conversations. Yeah. And you cannot be afraid to tell people what they need to hear. Mm. Um, I'm willing to walk away from a household and never do a lick of business as long as they understand wow. that I was honest, I was forthright, and I, I gave them a plan that mm. was going to work. But if they're not willing to do it, that's okay. That's wow. Can you talk a little bit about, because you mentioned it uh, earlier, money and emotions. How does that, because it sounds like the lady that you were mentioning, or I don't know if you said a lady, but the person you were mentioning that didn't want to cut up the credit card, there's a much been an emotional tie to money and uh, what, what's that about? Yeah, um, I call it 
financial IQ or EQ, you know, so EQ is the, the whole emotional intelligence piece. Mm-hmm. Um, when we start feeling bad about our finances, emotionally we go out and buy something to make ourselves feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we tend to be very impulsive. We tend to be, um, again, back to the instant gratification, yeah. our emotions take over mm-hmm. in many, many areas, and yeah. especially our finances. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, I had a client, her very, my very first client back in 1994, this little old lady, they never had any kids. Mm-hmm. I take that back. They lost twins in 1951. Mm-hmm. So I had twins. You know, it, it was one of those situations where we just really clicked. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a lot in common. Yeah. Even though they were in their 70s when I first met them. Yeah. Um, our relationship grew over the years, and um, I ended up taking care of them both before they passed away. I, I reassigned all their investments. Wow. I ended up becoming an advocate for them just wow. to, you know, just like, help them pay their bills. I, you know, we, we just, the relationship changed. Oh, wow. And one of the things I'll never forget when she was about, about three or four days before she passed, she was coherent at that time. And we were talking about something and, and, um, she goes, you know what I learned in my life, Gary? She goes, you know, Christ waited three days mm. before he raised from the dead. Right. He said, she said. I think I can wait three days before I make a financial decision. Hmm. That was huge for me. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you know, if we all took an opportunity Hmm. just to kind of pause, the excitement wears off. Think about all the things that are laying in your house that you had to have, and now it's just collecting dust in the corner in your attic. Look at that. You know what I mean? So it's if we give ourselves time for Mm -hmm. our emotions to kind of chill out, right. cool down, right. let's not get excited, let's really think through yeah. this process, um, you know, your finances would be better for it. Uh, it makes sense. Wow. Oh, that's deep. So, Gary, if you're speaking to a, a young person that doesn't really have clarity, um, or a young person or older person, it doesn't matter what level of, um, of age group, but they're just struggling to figure out, what am I able to do and i have this maybe i have a slight interest in finance what what do i do to get into this process what do i where do i go to become like gary what 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 do i what would i do well um there's lots of options out there you can it really you just need to define what you want your career to look like so Mm -hmm. i'm Mm self-employed so being self-employed means that nobody pays me a paycheck unless I go out and earn it. Mm. That's a tough road for some people. Yeah, uh, There are companies out there that will pay you a, a salary to do this. Right. So first step I would encourage you to do is really think through what you want your career to look like. Mm-hmm. Now, you can start out in the, in the, in the financial world as, as earning a, a compensation mm-hmm. of some sort. Uh, then you can transition into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, kind of think through that. The other thing is you do have to get licensed. Yeah. Um, you've got to go through the process of passing several exams mm-hmm. uh, to get into that um, into that world. But if you're getting into it for the money, I truly believe you're getting into it for the wrong reason. Mm. Uh, it really, truly does need to be to help people. Mm. There's lots of people to help. Right. There's tons and tons and tons and tons of people to help with yeah. finances. Yeah. Um, really having the right mindset. And I truly believe God has blessed my mindset. Mm. Um, I walk away from, you know, I, I don't have to make money every time I walk through the door. Mm. If, I, if I walk out of there going, okay, God, you put me there because they really need this, this conversation. Or, Amen. you know, they, they, 
they needed somebody just to help them put their budget together. You wow. know? Yeah. I'm good with that. I'm That's good with that. So it's not, it's not a situation where, you know, I've got to make a dime every time mm-hmm. I walk into somebody's home. Right. And I think God has blessed that attitude and that mindset. So Amazing. I really, really would encourage somebody, if you're going to get into this business, you know, it can be a very, um, you know, I'm very blessed. Mm-hmm. But it also needs to be the right the right attitude, the right mindset. Mm, that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Did that answer your question? Uh, you did answer okay. my question. Right. So being in this space twenty five years, yeah. what makes you tick to, to continue in this, right? You've gotta you've gotta have obviously a love for what you're doing, like you said, helping people. But you know, for most people, like you said, if the motive is wrong, you're not gonna last. Um, but twenty five years in this space, what what has kept you going strong in this? Uh the victories. Mm. Uh, I I love walking out of a, of a household or, you know, I was in Liberty Lee University last week talking to a class for two days and, and seeing the light bulb go off really just mm. gets my juices flowing, mm-hmm. um, even on the simplest things. Yeah. Sure, and that's, uh, that's kind of how we, how I kick. Um, I love seeing the, I love seeing the, uh, the small victories. Yeah. So that's what's kept me going. Awesome. Awesome. Um, with that said, now, how does one, you know, you said entrepreneurship, that's you, you've been an entrepreneur. How do you take this gift that you've developed, you've found about yourself, the gift of gab and the talents that you have to now make a profit and, and, and turn this into a business? Cause that's, that's what a lot of people struggle with is how do I take what I'm good at, whether cooking or cleaning or singing, whatever that is, how did you take your gift and turn it now into a business that could be bring you profitable, make you profitable and bring you income. You know, I, I jumped in, Yeah. you know, I, I, and that's my personality. It, you know, I just go for it. And if somebody tells me I can't, I I'll sit back and say, watch. Um, <laughs> it really, it really, for me, and I, I can only speak from my perspective. Um, I wasn't afraid to fail. Mm. And if you can overcome the, the fear of failure, mm-hmm. you can accomplish anything. Right. And that's what happened with me. I jumped in. They, it was funny. One of the meetings they asked me to run, they, they put me up in front of this office and they, you know, there's, there's 40, excuse me, sales guys in there. And they said to me, so tell us what you're doing. You have all this success. And I'm sitting there going, and I, this is, this was my exact words. I said, well, I did what you told me to do. And the place, everybody just started to laugh. And I'm like, <laughs> what's so funny? You know, they said, you know, when I sat down with the manager, you need to go talk to 10 people a week. You need to try to schedule blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. So I went and mm. I talked to the people he told me to talk to. I scheduled the appointments. I asked for the business and I walked out. Mm. And, you know, it, it was just a matter of jumping in with both feet mm. and not worrying about failure. Wow. And that really, the, the fact I'm not afraid to fail, mm. you know, it still hurts. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. I, I get emotional. I get skittish. Yeah. But the fact that I was not afraid to fail really had put me on a, uh, on a track to do really well. Wow. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, that would be my number one thing. Don't be afraid to fail because failure is what makes you be who you are. Wow. That's good. Yeah. N- now, segueing a little bit, tell us about the book that you have coming up. And, you know, again, how did the title, obviously you must have had to live through this. You might have to go. Th- so tell us about that whole experience. Um, well, this also has been a journey. I, I felt God calling me to write something probably 15 years ago. Mm. Um, but I don't think 
I had gone through everything that I needed to get through mm. to write the book. Mm. So, um, so the process has been long for me. Mm-hmm. So when I actually st- sat down and started writing, I was actually at FTX yeah. 2019 with mm. you. Yeah. And I got off stage and, um, uh, a good friend of mine, Ken Hartley said, you do realize you just said the title of your book. Hmm. And, uh, I said, what did I say? He says, making millions and going broke. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, kid. I said, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and it was just like, from there, it was perfect. So making millions and going broke, it, it really is about all the things that you and I are talking mm-hmm. about. You know, it's not about the investment vehicle. It's mm-hmm. not about the, the, the mortgage you get. Right. It's the process, our money mindset. It's the things that keep us from actually mm-hmm. being successful through our finances. Mm-hmm. There's no recommendations in the, that mm-hmm. book. Um, mm-hmm. I have a pet peeve of advisors writing books about making blanket recommendations mm-hmm. for people that they don't even know. Wow. Everybody's situation is so different. Right. I can't make a recommendation yeah. for you and then right. go to the same guy next, you know, without investigating yeah. and knowing your situation. Right. So the book is not about necessarily um, making recommendations about specific products, but what it does is it walks you through a step of of working on your self-awareness, mm. your self-management, your social awareness, and right. your relationship management. I, you know, I, I say, I, I, in the book, I talk about writing down, you know, five people who can help you with your finances. Can you mm. have a mentor in your life that when you make a financial decision, you call them first? Oh, that's good. You know, five people. Think through that. Yeah. Make sure you trust that person. Yeah. It's funny. I wanted to buy a motorcycle here a few years back. Yeah. And I was justifying this motorcycle purchase. Right. All day long. Uh-huh. So I called the guy. And I said, look, I said, this is what I'm thinking about doing. He goes, you're nuts. I'm like, what do you mean I'm nuts? He goes, you just told me you wanted to buy it to to, to save on gas mileage. He goes, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever mm-hmm. heard. And I go, why is that? He goes, Gary, you live in western Pennsylvania. He's, how often do you get to ride a motorcycle based on the weather? Mm. I'm going, you're right. I have yet to buy a motorcycle. Mm. So I have this I have this mentor I can mm. call to say, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you right. think? Right. You know? and talk through the process, but it has to be a trusted person. That's right. So the, the book is filled with things like that. I do yeah. talk about credit cards and the mm-hmm. traps we fall into. Right. So the, there is a piece of it that talks about certain things, Yeah. but it really talks about the struggles. How do we, mm-hmm. how do we stay out of these financial pitfalls yeah. and, and, and helping the people have a true self-assessment, if you will. I love it. I so love it. I'm excited about it. it. The, the, the tagline I'm working on right now, uh, right now, I, I think, I think mm-hmm. it's called um, getting a hold, grabbing a hold of the future before it grabs a hold of you. Mm. Because uh, if we're not careful, yeah, our finances will dictate the decisions we make each wow. and every day. Wow! I, I hope you guys are listening to that. Steve, can you say that again? The, 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 our finances can dictate the decisions we make each and every day. Wow! If your finances are poor, right, you have no decisions. You can't wow. you can't follow God's plan if your finances mm. finances are poor because yeah. if God is requiring you to leave, let's say mm-hmm. let's say God called David to Brush Valley, Pennsylvania, where I live. Mm-hmm. Okay, and your finances are bad, mm. you can't afford to leave. Yeah, you can't follow God's calling. That's true. So That's our true. finances can dictate the decisions we make each oh, and every wow. day. Wow. Can, can you speak to that more too? Because uh, we have a lot of Christians that will listen to the show. And I think there's a, a, a challenge with God and money, right? A lot, a lot of people struggle with that. And can you, can you just speak to yeah, any, any aspect of that you think that 
people would need to hear? Well, I think I think the church gets this wrong, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be very careful here. Yeah, um, I think there's roughly 800 verses that yeah. speak directly to finances, and I think there's like roughly 2,000 yeah. references to finance. Yes. So, so we know we know what the Bible says about mm-hmm. finances. Yeah. We we know that we're supposed to tithe. Right. But we put on this facade, we put on this mask, we walk in on Sunday mornings and say, everything's great. Mm-hmm. But we've not given ourselves the freedom to say, I'm terrible at managing finances. Mm. Um, so I truly believe that, you know, there's a lot of healing that can happen at church. Yeah. And I think God really speaks to the healing piece. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a, a, an avenue. Mm. You know, you, you think about there isn't one person I, I like standing up in front of a crowd and saying, how many of you made a financial transaction in the last 24 hours? Mm-hmm. Inevitably, almost everybody raises their hand, so we all deal with it. So yes. I think that's why it's in the Bible so much. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. But it's our finances are the one of the biggest parts of our faith. Mm. And when we struggle with our finances, our faith wavers. Wow. So... You know, dealing with their finances, yeah. having the freedom to say, I'm screwing this up. Mm. I need help. Right. Um, we need more freedom in that. Yeah. So I'm actually scheduled to speak at our church here on December or January 5th. Oh, and, nice. Um, and the, the pastor asked me about it. And I said, this is not going to be your typical tithe speak presentation <laughs> i said just be ready he yeah said, no problem so, <laughs> that's uh, great so i'm excited about that wow thank you for enlightening us on that yeah. um so you yeah, tell us about our blaster consulting and how people can work with you and learn more about what you do and and get involved in well i appreciate that yeah, yeah. so um the uh, the website rblasterconsulting.com and if you go on there you're going to see a, a lot about uh leadership um disc assessments i'm a certified uh personality assessment Consultant, so nice. I, I give people uh, disc assessments. So my stint at Liberty University here mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, I was pretty excited about it. I had a professor get a hold of me and ask me if I would come in and speak to his um, his class, and the yeah. class was leadership and clinical interactions. ATTR four fifteen. Okay. But <laughs> um, so what we did was we gave uh, all his seniors uh, personality assessments, and then wow. we taught them how to use the information. Wow. So um, I truly believe that if we understand our own kind of gifts and talents, if you will, through our personality, yeah. we have a better approach to our finances. Yeah. And um, it's interesting. So, you know, there's in, in, under the disc, I don't know how much information yeah. you want me to get into yeah, this. Yeah, please. Um, under the disc profile, there, there's four types of personalities. Mm-hmm. And I use disc because it's extremely simple. Mm. It's simple to understand. Um, the reports you get on it are, are, are very informative, but it's it's in layman's terms. Yeah, you know what I mean. But um, there's four personality types. Right. Uh, there's the personality types. It's very very results oriented. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to get the job done. That's who I am. Mm. You know, you yeah. give me a problem, I'm going to fix it. Right. We tend to make financial decisions based on let's get this over with. Mm-hmm. You know. I hate shopping for cars. The first deal that's going to be put in front of me, I'm going to jump on it because I want it over, Ah. right? So my personality tends to allow me, now not everybody, Mm -hmm. but can allow you to make quick financial decisions that are not good for you. Wow. Okay? So that's the D. There's the I. The I is very inspirational. Yeah. He's the type that he's like, he's like, you know, I don't need a party. I am the party. (laughs) All right? In those types of situations, sometimes... When they're out having a good time with their buddies, 
They don't think about their finances. They just want to participate in the fun. Mm. So they might make financial decisions based on their environment. What's going on? You know, I I can't tell my friends I can't afford this. I'm going to stay and I'm going to spend money I can't afford to spend. Mm. Okay. So that's the I. Right. So the S, the S, a very supportive person. He comes alongside you and says, you know, I care about you. What can I do to help Mm -hmm. you? That type of person might struggle with their finances in a way that, you know, I can't afford this, but Johnny... Johnny, he mm. really needs a bike, and I'm going to buy him a bike. Wow. So their personality tends to move them in a direction. They're helping people. They're above board. They, mm. they're, they're doing good, but they can't afford it. Mm. Uh, and last but not least is the C person. Now, this mm-hmm. is my wife. Mm. Um, she's very cautious. Yeah. Details, details, details. Mm-hmm. I need the details. And mm-hmm. sometimes people who are extremely detail-oriented mm-hmm. don't make financial decisions mm. because they don't ever feel that they have enough details. Wow. So. Um, so the whole personal assessment, uh, personal uh, fi- uh, personality assessment, excuse yeah. me, really does go a long way into you know how we function personally on our finances. The other thing is in, in corporate leadership. Yeah. Uh, you know, oftentimes we're thrusted into those positions, right? right? So uh, I, I get hired to to you know do this task, and I'm really good at my task. And mm-hmm. they say to you, it's like me, mm-hmm. you know, like I did. You know, you're good at this. The sales thing, why don't you become a manager? Right. So you're promoted into management. Mm. I have no clue how to manage, mm. and most of us don't. So we manage, you know, having no idea mm. what management means, what right. leadership is. Right. So when I also say better leadership equals better dollars, yeah. corporately, if you practice better leadership, your corporate profits are going to go up. Wow. Um, because you get higher productivity when you when you lead effectively. Right. So so our blaster consulting, um, Although my, my, my primary income is based on helping people with their investments and yeah. financial planning, uh, the other side of it is this, this, um, this teaching, if you will, this, this speaking on um, the leadership piece and, and personality assessments and really helping people understand who they are. So. That is deep. I've never heard of the personalities integrated into our finance. That's yeah. so powerful. Yeah. So definitely, listeners, definitely book Gary, to uh, to speak it. at your events, to, to work with him. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. So, Gary, that brings us to our last question, which is always the challenging <laughs> one. Now, and feel free to elaborate from your perspective as well. Gary, what's the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? And how does one use one's gift in their purpose? Wow. Do you always get this long pause? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, told you, I told you it's that question yeah. that it's just like. I'm going, okay, the clock's ticking. I something with That's really yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. I was listening to a, um, I was at Convocation at Liberty here mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. And Convocation is this, this, this um, time of. The, the Liberty brings in these speakers and, and mm-hmm. the students are required to go two, yeah. two times a week. Uh, but they do this Wednesday night service then following, and they were talking about God's will. And he used the illustration that I just, it's really honed in on me that you're, it, God's will for your life, you'll know God's will for your life when your purpose and your giftedness intersect. Hmm, I love that. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh. You know that that truly is. We you know we're out there searching and searching and searching for mm-hmm. this 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 will God's will in our 
in our, our passion in I truly believe, and I think David Nasser hit the nail on the head, mm -hmm. that God's going to give you passion and it's going to align with His will. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and when your giftedness and your passion finally cross, mm -hmm. that's when you're, you know you're in God's will. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if that made sense to you, but it, 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 it spoke to me like crazy. And that, I walked out of there so excited because I know, I know what I'm doing. Mm. The book I'm writing, the speaking right. I'm doing, the assessments I'm giving, the helping the, kid, the people with their finances, mm -hmm. and that's where God wants me. Yeah. So I, I, I get excited when I put my feet in the wow. floor every morning. Wow. You know, I don't get up and go, oh, I got to do this. Right. It's, right. It's, you know, not, not every day is fun. Yeah. Right. There's right. still bad days, but um, so yeah. So that's my answer, my I, I love it. I love it. No, that's that is clear. It's to the point, and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing, and and we appreciate you have coming. So Gary came in live into the studio. So it was first time live having anyone live oh, on the podcast. Fun. So fun. really awesome that you came down, and I'm so glad we're gonna hang out and do all that. But uh, again, Gary, anything else you want to share with people? You know what? I always tell people. You know, when it comes to, to pursuing your, your dreams, you know, don't ever give up on it. Mm. You know, you can fix your finances, get some help. Mm. You know, don't be afraid to say, I need help. But that's going to be the start of today and, and moving forward. You know, it's, it's like you're painting in, in, yes. in your office, yeah. you know, that the past haunts us. Right. We tend to kick ourselves. Oh, I made this poor financial decision. Right. It is what it is. Right. You're here today. That's right. What do we do tomorrow? That's right. And, uh, one of the questions I asked people with their finances, I said, if you had all your money sitting here on the table, would mm. you do the same thing with it? Mm. And, and people just look at me. I'm like, it's a legitimate question. Mm -hmm. If you had it all sitting here today, would you do the same thing with it? I've never had anybody say yes. <laughs> so True. don't ever forget. Don't ever don't ever give up on your, your dreams and your passions. That's and, good. And uh, just go for it. Just awesome. go for it. Awesome. Thank you, Gary. Such an honor to have you on. Excited. Listeners, you're going to be blessed. Again, go to rblasterconsulting.com. That's A-R-B-L-A-S-T-E-R-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com to work with Gary. All righty. Thank you. We'll catch you on the next episode. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then Dear listener. I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called The Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats, an amazing spoken word over it and I'd love to give that to you as a free gift as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community so to get your copy all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com that's podcast.david the middle initial d simons s-i-m-o-n-s dot com and get yours today Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode.